significance. While you're waiting for your penny, here's one of those fascinating things. I heard, I heard a sermon recently, four times, and uh, one of the things that he mentions that I, I like is uh, our generation, the young generation, a lot of times we weigh what is significant. And like, the thing is, all of us as humans, we have this yearning to know that we have significance. And a lot of times we weigh in our generation significance as influence. The more influence you have, the more significant you are. All right? Now, there's some people from the generation before the young, 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 young ones that really a lot of it is commitment. Commitment is, is what actually adds significance. And so, like my parents, you know what? The fact that we were going to be at church every single day, like three times a week, anytime it was open, we were there since nine months before I was born. Like they were committed. It didn't matter what happened. They were going to do it. The way that they knew that they were showing their significance to me and my brothers was that they'd never missed any of our sports games, which I look back and I'm like, you had five kids doing like band and choir and sports and this and that. And like the fact that you would commit to going all those things was significant to them. And it was something I didn't quite understand that they were showing their love and their commitment to me at that age, right? The generation before them had gone through gone through war, gone through depression, gone through a lot of things where you know what? The greatest significance was how much you sacrificed for others, right? And so there's these levels of significance that we put in our world on different things that we value, okay? There's a, there's a verse that, you know, um, the other way. You know what? We'll get there. No, here it is. All right. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and none of them are forgotten before God? Indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Don't be afraid, you are worth more than many sparrows. How many of you are like, yeah, more than sparrows? Nailed it. Got that value, right? Right? And then just in case we weren't quite sure that like that was what they wanted, Jesus was like, no, actually, I quoted in Psalms. Remember, indeed, the very hairs you had, I counted them. I numbered them. But don't don't fear, because you're more than many sparrows again. So here we have these sparrows, right? So we're talking about hares and sparrows today, right? And so a lot of times we're like, man, that doesn't sound like he's giving us a huge compliment, right? Like if I give you a penny, you're like, I thought you said you were going to pay me significantly. All I'm getting is a penny? Cool. All right, so we're going to get there. All right, um, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. How many of you guys want to live in a kingdom where you say, yeah, I want to have the authority of my father that can with his voice say, yes, move, and the mountain will move. Like, I want, I want to live in that kind of kingdom. I want to live in that kind of authority. Like, does anybody else want to join me, or am I the only dude? Yeah? Yeah. Like, I want to live in a kingdom where we can pray and there's healing. Redemption, restoration, right? Like that's where I want to live. And just so you know, I, uh, I stole some of these pictures from the internet, so don't, that's not my actual hand. Uh, kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. So each one of those little, little grains, it's a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. How many of you guys have grown mustard trees? Yeah, about the same, right? They don't grow super great right here. Um, that little seed 
will grow into the yellow flowers that you see. And then will grow into a tree like that. Isn't that cool? But when it's full grown, it looks a lot more like that. Isn't that awesome? And he's saying the kingdom of heaven is like this little tiny seed. You foster the seed. You give it sun. You give it water. And it'll grow into something like that. You know, as a kid, I was a weird kid. I know it's shocking for some of you guys. But I was weird in the fact that I would read these things and I would say, man, I wouldn't say, God, I want the faith the size of a mustard seed. What would I say? God, give me the faith the size of a mustard tree. I didn't know what a mustard tree looked like, but I was like, if that's the end result, I want the bigger one. Right? You know, it's like Elisha and Elijah, and Elisha's like, I want a double portion of your spirit. And I'm like, God, give me a quadruple portion. Right? I didn't realize it, but even as a child, I had grabbed hold of the mystery of like, hey, we have to be able to be greedy in receiving in order to be generous in giving. Like, you can't give what you first, like, unless you first received, right? So you have to receive. And so, like, I had to learn as an adult how to go back to my childlike view of, like, saying, God, I need more so that I can give more. Isn't that kind of cool? All right. Here is another one of those things I took off the internet once we get there. For now we see through a glass darkly or dimly, but then we'll see face to face. Now we see in part, but then fully. And I shall be fully known, or I shall know fully as I'm fully known. I don't like this translation. But anyways, you guys understand. Like, there's this, this point where we see things not quite so clearly. Like some of the people that were writing on the top of their heads, was it a super, super clear, like, oh, that's definitely their name and I can see what their numbers are. No, it's like, it's that same kind of thing. Like we try to write our names. We try to do things and it's like, yeah, we kind of got an idea of what you said, but really, unless I knew the person, I don't know, right? The Bible is the same way. Jesus a lot of times talks in parables. He talks in all these things like, the kingdom of heaven is like, you know, jars of clay. And you're like, what does that mean? Right? Like, we see not super clear. We see things in the Bible. We're like, man, I don't know what this says. And you're not going to know what it says unless you know the one writing it. Right? Isn't that good? All right. So this is kind of where we're at. Right here. How many people have heard the saying, the kingdom is upside down? Has anybody not heard that? Cool. Well, it's a very common thing that we say the kingdom of heaven is upside down right? Again, lessons from the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount is all sorts of upside down things. Again, I stole this from the internet. I hope that they had a great sermon series. Um, I was just saving time, and there's a cool picture. All right, I want to talk a little bit about the paradoxes that we find with the kingdom, right? So it says, you know, dying to live, right? So the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they might have life and have it abundantly. So you have to die to live. And Jesus was saying, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Hey, if you want to have abundant life, take, take the thing that we use to torture people, like to death. Like we're going to take that cross and we're going to walk daily. You know, it's like, wait a second, that sounds backwards. In, like the path to life is through death, you know? And, you know, but seeing that we have died with Christ, we believe that she, we shall also live with him. It's like, oh, so the path to life is through death, but after we have death, we see that he had life again, so that now we're invited to life again, right? Romans, that's awesome. We have to lose our life to save it. Same kind of concept. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake 
He is the one who will save it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? We have to confess our guilt to be justified. If you go and get a, a speeding ticket, right, and you go and you fight the ticket and you go to the judge, right, and the judge is like, all right, what do you plead? And you're like, I am guilty. In this realm, they'll say, okay, you wasted a lot of time. Verdict is guilty. Let's move on. In the kingdom of heaven, it's, hey, I am guilty. And he says, all right, you're clean. You're free. Isn't that crazy? It's flipped, right? It's, it's backwards. It's inverted of what we think, right? It's kind of the same thing with this. The red will be turned to white. So come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. It's like we've got this white blank page of our life, and every time we sin, we're throwing blood on this thing. It's like this red crimson that we keep throwing on this page, and instead of making it red and stained, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm going to take that red stain and turn it to white. Like the kingdom is inverted with everything, right? To be satisfied, you need to be hungry. How many of you guys have been hungry before, like actually hungry before? right? This sounds backwards, right? Because when you're hungry, you are not satisfied. That's the problem. Like, we have nailed it. This is the exact reason why I am hungry, is I am not satisfied, right? The kingdom of heaven says, no, 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 this is where you get satisfied, right? You got to be hungry first. At that time, Jesus said, I I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and you've revealed them to little children. He's saying, hey, you know what? You want wisdom? Go hang out with some kids. I've given them the mysteries of the kingdom. Kids, we need you to help explain the mysteries of the kingdom to us because sometimes us as adults, we complicate things. We complicate things. We put layers in. We put our own perspectives. We put our own fears, our own hurts, our own shames, our own guilt, and we read things that are not in the scriptures, Right? And sometimes it's just a simple truth that we just need you to say, no, it means that you got to have joy. And I think there's a mystery in it that kids love joy. And I think that that's part of the path, this wisdom. The foolish and the weak to shame, wise and strong. 1 Corinthians. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things to shame the strong. Right? Like, a lot of times we're like, oh, well, the more degrees you have, obviously the smarter you are. God's like, or maybe not. Maybe it's the, the little kid that can pick the flowers. Like, he's smart enough to know to enjoy my creation while you're debating what it's made out of, right? Like, sometimes we miss some of that stuff, right? Talking about weakness. For he, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. You know, so many times, us in our lives, we try to avoid weakness. We even try to avoid the perception of weakness because you don't want people to see that you're weak. And the kingdom of heaven says, hey, when you're weak, then I can be strong, right? Like there's paradox after paradox, right? And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. Some of the things that we say, hey, we're going to put this on the pedestal, God's like, it holds zero value in the kingdom of heaven. 
And it's offensive to us sometimes because we're like, no, 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 I got my ducks in a row. And he's like, those aren't ducks, you know? I don't know. Sounds, sounds good in my head. First being last. So the last will be first and the first will be last. All of us that are like, I'm hungry, I want to get in that food line, you're like, I'm not getting in the back because I know if I want to be satisfied, i got to get in the front, right? And yet the kingdom of heaven is like, no, no, no. The last will be honored. The poor are rich. Listen, my beloved, did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich, it says in Revelation. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You want to inherit the kingdom of heaven? It goes to the avenue of being poor in spirit. And we're like, that's backwards, right? Like we want to say, wait a second, no, no, poor is poor and rich is rich. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. You think rich is you got a semi full of gold bricks. The truth is you got a semi full of pavement, right? Like a lot of times we think about the kingdom of heaven and it's like streets of gold. Well, in heaven it's pavement, it's pavement. There's more value than just the things that we say, oh, that thing is valuable on earth. It's not the same thing that's valuable in heaven. Okay? Desirable or detestable? Nope, got that one. Here's some more. I didn't go through all of them, but path to destruction seems right in Proverbs. Doesn't, doesn't lead to goodness. Treasures and jars of clay. Doesn't make sense you'd put your treasures in jars of clay. Broken things are beautiful. He uses trials for perfection. He says, love your enemies. That's, that's backwards, right? Humble yourself and God will exalt you. We walk by faith and not by sight. Reminds me of, of these, these passages here. One person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but becomes where it comes to poverty. The Lord says, these are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. It's a passage in the Bible in Mark 12. I'm going to read to you. It's also in Luke. As Jesus was sitting opposite the treasury, he was in the temple courts, okay? Uh, just for reference sake, basically the the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they're all at a place where like, we're going to kill this guy. We just need a time. We need a space. They were looking for ways to trip him up. And they kept giving him this challenge after challenge after challenge of, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And they kept trying to trick him. And he kept answering them in a way that they eventually said, we got to stop asking these questions because he's making us look foolish. And then Jesus goes and says, hey, don't be like these scribes that are in their robes that are out here saying, look how good I am. Look what I got. Hey, here's what I got. You know, like, they're all looking about themselves. He says, don't be like that. He says, they take over and they take like widow stuff, right? And all this stuff. So right here it says, then one poor widow came and put two small copper coins, which amounted to a small fraction of a denarius. It's like in modern day terms, it's an eighth of a cent is what I was looking at. But in that day, it would be like a day's wage. So it's like two days of food for her, Right? And she came and she gave the two coins that she had, which amounted to a small fraction. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more than all the others into the treasury. For they all contributed out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, 
has put all that she had to live on. You know, it's like, I don't have a billion dollars, but if I had a billion dollars and I said, hey, let me give you 10, right? And then I had my son Avi next to me, and all he has in life is 10, and he gives you 10. Is it the same amount that we're giving you? Yeah. Which one is going to move you more, right? It's Avi's, because he gave everything, right? It's the same thing here. He's like, man, look at this woman who gave these two coins. Everybody else is showboating around with how much they're giving, and, and she's like, hey, I'm going to slip this in here. I'm going to give everything that I have, right? And I'm not going to go into a, a tithing sermon at this point, another day maybe, but um, the point isn't about that right now, right? Here's some verses where Jesus teaching on, on stuff that has to do with some of these pennies that triggered for me. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and none of them are forgotten before God? Indeed, the very hairs on your head are numbered. Don't be afraid, for you are worth more than many sparrows. And then again, indeed, the very hairs on your head are numbered. Do not fear, you are more valuable than any sparrows. The kingdom of this earth says, you got a penny? It's not very valuable. It's not a whole lot. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus is like, man, I know the hairs on your head. Like, I, I set your value. And I set your value that I am in so love with you. I know every hair that's on your head. You know what these sparrows that people say aren't worth anything? I know every single one of them by name. And what they would do is they would take a penny or two pennies equivalent and they would buy sparrows. And it was the poorest of the poor that would use those pennies in order to buy sparrows for their sacrifice. Right? So he's saying, hey, this woman, her sacrifice was everything. Right? But he wasn't really caring about the, the sparrows or the pennies as far as the cost of value. He was saying, I know every little piece about you. Like I formed you in your mother's womb. I've written your name on my palm, right? If he knows everything about you and he said it's good, then who are we to say I'm not good? Think about that for a second. Like he sets our value and our value is incredible. And he says if I value the sparrow, I value the most small insignificant thing in your realm, like you need to understand that the realm of heaven is different of what he values. You know, I started thinking, God, what do you value, right? What is significant to the kingdom of heaven? Because in our realm, we think it's stuff like influence, right? We think it's commitment. We think it's sacrifice. If the slide would catch up with me, it won't. Significance in heaven, kingdom of heaven is faith. It's hope. It's love. Greatest of all is love, Right? I think it's really, really cool to me that oftentimes when Jesus would go and heal, like we, we want to live in this realm where our words have power and authority and where we can heal and all this other stuff. It's always Jesus was moved with compassion. He was moved out of love. Like there's a currency of heaven that is love. And out of that love, things shifted in our realm, Right? I gave you pennies today. I'm going to encourage you. First of all, you're welcome to keep them. No problem. But if you want today, when, when the tithing stuff goes around, if you want to put that penny in, like it's a challenge for you of saying, God, do I actually want to live a life out of the abundance of your love? Am I at a place where I say, you know what? 
I want to live a life where I give you it all. And I'm not, I'm not talking about I want you to then empty your bank accounts. Right? His generosity financially does not depend on ours. We'll, we'll talk about finances another day. Today I'm talking about heart. Right? If you're at a place where you say, God, I want to spend my love on the kingdom of heaven, I want you to put that penny in there. Um, I'm not going to be counting the pennies. Somebody else will. We'll put it in the bank. Maybe I'll go give it back to the gas station. I don't know. He's probably got me marked down. Um, all right? That's, that's a challenge for you. Thoughts as we go into prayer. It's our custom, if you're new here, that we break into groups of prayer because prayer is the thing that shifts everything, right? It's the thing that moves his heart. And so we, we come together so we can pray blessings over each other to encourage each other, right? If you're new and you're like, ah, that's kind of weird, just let somebody come over and just bless you, pray over you, and I release you from having to pray back. But I also invite you to do it, all right? Thoughts. God sets our values. So you might today have to say, God, what am I actually worth to you? That, is a, it's, it, that takes bravery to ask him. Because if you don't know your value, there's a fear of saying, what if he says I'm not worth much? But I challenge you, ask him. See what he says. Currency of the kingdom is love. How you spend your love is more important than how you spend your money. Um, kingdom of heaven is only upside down if you spend more time walking in this world. The truth today that you need to realize is that the kingdom of heaven is right side up. It's this world that is upside down. And anything that is of this world and not of this kingdom will fall. Guaranteed. And so if you're at this place where you're like, I think the kingdom of heaven is upside down, you might be planted in the wrong kingdom. Challenge, it's an encourage, right? Like, we want to be walking in a way that is right side up, where miracles are common because it's out of the overflow of love, right? Do you have the bravery to ask God for faith the size of a mustard tree today? If you do, he's going to put you through a lot of things in order to build your faith, me included. It's not like he's just like, oh, boom, here's a tree. It takes some time to nurture a seed, nurture a seed to the size of a tree, right? But I think it's worth it. God, I ask that you would teach us to walk right side up in your kingdom. God, the things that are in our lives that are not of your kingdom, God, we, we release them to fall. God, we, we ask that you would give us a refreshing of your spirit. We ask that you would give us your goodness and your grace and your kindness that leads to repentance. God, we ask that you would make us quick to receive things of your kingdom so that we can be generous to give things of your kingdom. God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.